Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Lifting the Veil podcast with your host, myself, Adrian Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach. How's everybody doing out there? Today I wanted to uh, recap a little bit from my um, last week's episode and regarding uh, initiation. In this case, it's initiation or a reinitiation into the authentic self in which I was referring to. So I wanted to extend this topic a little bit more today and talk about more or, or share, I should say, some of the practicalities of this process and just really have a nice chat with you in regard to where you're at in your personal growth and development, Um, what are your biggest challenges right now, Um, are there areas in your life you seem to get stuck or challenged or are embodying or practicing painful patterns. So I haven't thought of a a title this week yet, so I will wait until I'm done recording it and see what arises. But it is um, in honor of Navarati or Navarati, the celebration of the goddess Durga for nine nights. And it's not just the goddess Durga, it's the divine feminine, the goddess and all of her incarnations. And I have been working on a portrait of um, pastel charcoal of one of my favorite goddesses, Lakshmi. And um, this is kind of all um, arisen in my life at this time in regards to the topic of initiation or the reinitiation reinitiation to the self in regards to the divine feminine and the energy contained in the divine feminine for our initiation because this is largely an internal practice although there are outside um, shifts that occur Uh, But this is a process of becoming intimate with one's self, um, beginning to become grounded in the self, discovering what this construct of the self is that you inhabit. Um, Many people never stop to ask these questions. And so this is part of the reinitiation into the self to uh, repossess, to be a co-creator, a cooperative part of your own experience. But before you do that, you have to figure out what this thing, what this thing is, this thing that we call the self, we refer to as myself. And how for many of us it's been a superficial process and what is being required now at this time is 
a level of going below what we have here to been required in order to function in this world. It's time to expand our experience, expand our sense of self, and along with it, our awareness, our sense of fulfillment and satisfaction, our sense of power and um, self-expression, self-responsibility, and all the things that come with that. So, um, this requires a series of questions or inquiries. And this is, for example, asking about what is the self? What is the body? How is it connected to ourselves? How do our ideas about the body in relationship to ourselves come about? Where do they come from? Um, what programs have we unconsciously been replaying or living out without really reflecting on where they came from and how our body is affected by this information and how it processes it as a form of consciousness as a container of our consciousness and so um, before I do that I wanted to share a story that I promised to share about Lakshmi and in my 20s my early 20s I was reading about all the world religions including Hinduism and I was very excited to see that there was a whole line of um, divinity portrayed in the feminine in the multiple goddesses of the Hindu religion and I felt relieved I thought aha something I can see myself in and in particular I was mesmerized by Lakshmi she was the goddess of abundance and that really resonated with me. Like, what does it mean to have an abundant life? And what determines abundance and who has access to it? And I'm not talking about necessarily financial abundance, but of course, yes. But the, the freedom to be fully in one's life, to be a co-creator, to be self-expressed, to have a sense of empowerment in your own life, to really own your own mind and your heart. And so I had been looking for books about her and I was one day I was walking around Santa Barbara and I saw a used bookstore. So I think it was a metaphysical bookstore in particular. So I went in there and I was looking for books on Lakshmi. And um, the lady that worked in the bookstore came up to me and she said, can I help you find anything? And I was a little shy and I was a little unsure about, um, you know, uh, my interests. So I said, no, I'm just looking around. And um, she said, okay, well, if you need anything, my name is Lakshmi. And I stopped in my tracks and, and caught my breath um, and tried to contain my um, amusement and shock that Lakshmi had found me and it was um, such a lovely delightful way to engage with the spirit 
of the goddess in the physical form of the book um, seller. So by that time, I was just so gobsmacked, surprised. I quietly left the bookstore and never found a book on Lakshmi. But I continued to look. And now, looking back over the years, some, I don't know, maybe 30 years later, I realized that the goddess has always been around me, always been in my life. Um, I've been able to access her in moments in my life, but I didn't realize who or what she was. I was trying to find her outside of me. So this has brought me full circle into this self-inquiry, back to the self. And so, back to our questions about what the self is. It depends on who you ask. On one level, the idea of a self or a personhood has been reduced to a legal construct uh, that's ruled to a set of laws that are based on our material existence of our physical body where all the domains of society are housed and which we act from but how do we begin to incorporate or embody larger cultural and familial norms laws of socialization Most of it happens in our first school, which is our home, with our mothers being our primary teacher, where we are often given, (laughs) uh, trusted with invisible energetic transmissions or of codes, agreements, and rules that are nonverbal, but are passed from one body to the other. Uh, Between the moment we're in the womb, to the time we're seven or eight when we are wide open and are downloading information uncritically as you may have heard they say that that is the best time to learn another language because we don't have the resistance to learning and we're also operating in a brainwave that makes us able to Um, download information much more quickly without the critical mind that stops us from doing so many things in our lives and on the other hand there this allows us to take in information uncritically without the ability to discern the quality or accuracy of the information that we're, we're given and you can see this in a child, for example, who clings or defends a parent, even as they may be being mistreated by that parent, for that's all that they know, and they're dependent on that that person, that parent, for their individual survival. And this requires the mind to justify and find explanations for behaviors and situations to reconcile um, conflicting events that don't make sense so our minds are really good at creating frames to treat contradictory experiences and most often it pushes down more distressing parts of our experience 
and the emotions that they elicit below our level of awareness. And this is where our ego is born. And the ego is one level or one frequency of our consciousness, but it's not the entirety of our consciousness. And if you have had a meditation practice or some sort of reflective practice where you are going into self-inquiry, then you may have run run into this experience of starting to recognize that who you are is much larger than perhaps you were ever told. But we all have these repressed emotions and thoughts, these part of us that we weren't allowed to express or to feel because they made other people around us upset or uncomfortable. And these parts of us often have no words or we had no words at the time or ability to articulate to our caregivers or the people around us what we were experiencing or the people around us weren't available to receive our experience because they weren't present. Um, Even though um, our survival depended on these individuals, we had to keep ourselves safe and often that translates into um, not sharing or repressing parts of ourselves that seem um, unacceptable. And this is a process of keeping our caregivers safe in, um, instead of ourselves and keeping them from touching their own emotional wounds. And as children, we are extremely sensitive and can read energy and emotion and uh, can tell when intuitively when someone is upset or um, someone is wounded. So um, we are slowly taught away from this away from seeing the contradictions as a way of being where our inner experience becomes different than the one we actually share with those around you around us out of caretaking which creates a level of disconnect in every level of our lives where our power begins to work against itself where our life force begins to um, in the attempts to protect us and others um, from what the ego believes may be hurtful um, is actually a repression or a refusal of our own experience because other people deem it um, unacceptable or aren't able to be with it. And this perverts our level of being. Eventually when we start shutting off parts of our consciousness in order to survive this shows up as layers as eventual symptoms or disease or maladaptive behaviors um, whether that be anxiety or stress or um, a whole list of diagnoses that we've developed throughout the years to talk about 
um, really descriptors of repressed energy can also show up in addiction, alcoholism, dysfunctional relationships, because there is a lack of awareness of one's own self, so it's really hard to relate to others if you don't know who you are. So this level of disconnect reveals that the body's intelligence is bypassing the mind for the for the mind's rejected its own experience, cast it out of its own garden, so to speak, because it was too delicate or too vulnerable to maintain our survival in the environments our society has required of us, which um, just often dismiss our authentic embodied experience at a fundamental level. The mind body wants to keep running survival programs, but we must not reject the mind in favor of the body. That's not what I'm suggesting. But we get to commit to a reconnecting to these internal processes and begin to work consciously in cooperation. I believe as one of my teachers described it, meditation teachers, that this is a a process of, for example, 60-40. 40% 40 of our attention is focused on our outside activity and 60% is focused on our internal experience of witnessing our internal experience and another way of thinking of this is that everything that we do in our lives is really with the intention of enjoyment um, fully living uh, expressing ourselves receiving a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment but because we ignore our internal experience of what is happening on the outside we don't get the juice in our lives and we keep doing more hoping that we'll reach a result and where we will feel that sense of um, coming home that sense of arriving that sense of finally accomplishing or being who we are And it doesn't happen outside of us. And so this is a practice of learning to divide your attention in a way that places just as much importance on your internal experiencing that you're witnessing because that is the juice of life. That's what you're really wanting. Um, Not necessarily the outside activity. That's just a means to achieve that sense of fulfillment and arriving that we're all looking for and somehow we've gotten it turned upside down so this initiation into the self this reinitiation to the self is beginning to balance um these two versions of reality we've had this outside construction societal personality with our internal experience of what we are feeling and witnessing 
authentically moment to moment and building a bridge between the two so we're no longer split at the root so to speak instead right now uh, in this time we have a whole list of names for illness and ailments expansive list of diagnoses but don't really understand what's underneath these and western medicine works often most to relieve symptoms but isn't that good at identifying or acknowledging the emotional or psychological conditions below them they see them as maybe being related but not being the source of the condition but our bodies are storehouses of all our repressed emotions and thoughts that are energetic by nature that uh, as quantum physics has shown that matter is energy vibrating at different frequencies depending on its density and we live in a physical material body that vibrates and operates in some aspect in our unconscious these parts that we've had to reject or repress which are now shaping our beliefs or the lens that determines how we perceive or experience our reality the challenge is that our ego as a mechanism created by our unconscious is a product of protecting our survival and is identified and run by these unconscious belief beliefs that are running underneath our everyday awareness whether they are a true reflection of our present reality or not in fact really the ego ensures these unconscious programs are always from the past stuck in time of our unresolved or unreconciled energetic accounts that's why they're still here each time we repress an unacceptable thought or emotion we hold a layer of energy that becomes crystallized or densified in our body and once our emotions arise in our body our minds stop thinking we stop breathing we contract still holding on to what we're afraid to experience but the mind this this experience this level of experience is not something we can work through with the analytical mind uh, the analytical mind actually shuts down and so really what it is is reacquainting ourselves reacquainting our mind to be present enough to witness this emotional um, process of of contraction and then noticing what's there but how do we begin to recognize this and identify these beliefs and then even remove these beliefs that may have been holding us in painful or stuck patterns for the majority of our lives how do we begin to clear the storehouse of cataloged and unprocessed information what if our health is a matter of healing our unconscious and not necessarily healing our body 
So what do we do? This is the real question. And one of the ways that I wanted to, one of the things you can do, practices, is begin to begin a um, an awareness practice throughout your day. So, for example, as you go throughout your day and you're doing an activity, instead of placing all your attention on the outside or getting lost in the constant thoughts of your mind that are randomly playing there, you can get very still, noticing your breath, whether you're breathing fully, inhaling, as well as exhaling. A lot of us half breathe or taught to hold our breath, especially when we're concentrating on something or focusing our mental attention on something. And see if when you focus on your breath, you can start to soften your mind and start to turn your attention within to witness um, your own internal landscape of what's unfolding, what's occurring, whether it's an emotion coming up that you're resisting, um, whether it's a thought um, that you're telling yourself. And this is a process of being, becoming conscious of your own mind and beginning to learn to observe your own mind. Not as yourself per se, but as a certain function of the self. And it's a role um, to keep you functioning in the construct of the society that we've produced. Not necessarily as a full expression of who you are, your fulfillment, your fully embodied life force but more of a system that it, it is serving. And as you begin this process and begin asking yourself these types of questions, um, I like to think of this as not only a reinitiation to the self, but this is a healing of one's own consciousness. And when I say healing, I refer back to what I have spoken about and shared with you many times the wholeness of our experience not just the parts that we've been allowed to access and so not to say that you haven't accessed other parts of your being but most often it's unconscious and as you begin to bring a greater awareness to your internal experiences whether it's a a sensual experience I mean everything that we do all day long is a sensual experience but often we don't experience it that way we only experience it through the mind what if you took on the practice of experiencing everything as a sensual embodied experience and you began to witness your experience as a active co-creator and participant depending on where you were focusing your attention 
So just some thoughts for you today. Um, I put together a mentorship um, for those that are interested in returning to their true self outside the limited social construct of the ego or what I call the small self that is a product of disconnection and misidentification. And when I say misidentification, I mean it's just not the extent of who we are. It's just one fraction of who we are. And this is a matter of um, creating space for yourself to reconnect not only with your corporal status of a flesh and blood person with a beating heart and a sexual expression and a vulnerability that that creates, Um, but having a compassion and um, ability to fully uh, fully what's the word I'm looking for um, fully expand into the fullness of who you are in this incarnated body um instead of or in contrast to um, constantly being in psychological assessment the mind is very good at keeping you distracted from other levels of your experience but this is a a process of learning to create a new way of being and it's not really new it's a returning a remembering of the fullness of who you are so I think I'll leave it there I've gone on long enough today um and so thank you so much for stopping by it's always a pleasure to have you uh, visit and connect and participate in the chat and let me know what resonated with you. Let me know what exactly is your biggest challenge right now. And you can reach out to me through whatever venue that you listen to this podcast on. A lot of times um, people are going through very personal, um, personal processes that they wouldn't necessarily want to share, like on a social media venue most often because people are afraid of judgment, uh, ridicule, being exposed, being vulnerable. So I understand all of this. So um, please do what you feel comfortable with. And if you want to reach out to me um, individually, you can reach out to me on my Facebook or my Instagram messenger and send me a message. Um, If you'd like to find out more about the work I do, in particular release work of unconscious programming um, you can uh, find out more about the work I do on my website at www.mindheart-space.com thanks again for stopping by until next time please remember what a valuable treasure you are and bye for now thank you